All right. Well, good morning, Livingstones. It is great to be here with you guys this morning. Um, I'm going to say from the outset, I'm going to apologize. I'm fighting a bit of a sinus infection right now. I am uh, told by my doctor it is not coronavirus, so uh, we should be good to go. Um, but I'm I'm drugged up, and we're going to give it the old college try. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good morning. And uh, I I don't know about you. I'm I'm planning on a nap this afternoon, especially after losing an hour of sleep last night. So uh, I hope you guys go home and you take a nap this afternoon as well. Um, but just to kind of fill you in where we're at, we are starting week two of a series that we're calling Real Relationships. Real Relationships. And, and where we began last week was the idea that all of us have been created to be in relationship with one another. That that was part of God's design for us to be in relationship with other people. And even the most introverted among us, we need other people in our lives. We need to be in community with, with one another. But the trouble is, though, that relationships are messy. They're sticky. They, they take time. We have to invest in them. They cost us something. They take emotional energy. Some, sometimes our relationships cause heartache, and it makes engaging in relationships difficult. But I wanted to share this series with you because we all need relationships. We're all in relationships, and we all need help with our relationships as well. And the main verse that we're using for this series is from Paul's book to the church in Rome, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And Paul wrote this, he said, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. And, and these few sentences really kind of sum up the key principles that we're talking about in this series. That we must love one another sincerely. That we need to look for the good in one another. Be devoted to one another. And last week when we were talking about marriage, we talked about that honoring our spouse above ourselves. And, we, we, and what I shared with you was that you know, we lay down our thoughts and our desires and our opinions and our preferences and ultimately our lives for our spouse. Well, today, this morning, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about our need for community within our church family, about how desperately we need to be connected with one another here at Livingstone's Church. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump right in. Father, I, I thank you, Lord. God, thank you for making a way for us to be in relationship with you. God, we're so grateful for that. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And Lord, that just as we sang in that last song, that you are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our devotion. You are worthy of our time. And Father, we, we give the remainder of our time that we have here this morning to you. I ask God that you would help me to communicate your word effectively to your people. And God, that you would help us as a church body to be more connected and create a more sense of community than we ever have before. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so raise your hand for me if you've ever been to a family reunion before. Anybody? Ever? So, yeah, a lot, an awful lot. I'd, I'd say at least two-thirds, three-quarters of, our, of our, uh, our group here this morning has been to a family reunion. And I, I don't know where yours was held, but a lot of times family reunions, they can be held at parks and there's potato salad and chicken and food and, you know, endless desserts. And, like, I, I don't know, did any of your families, like, make the family T-shirts like, I, we, we didn't, the, the one family reunion I, I went to, we didn't, but, but I've seen like families, they get the whole t-shirt made and they're usually like real bright colors 
and all that, and there's games for the kids to play, and a time for talking and laughing and reminiscing and sharing stories and all this. And, and I went to only one family reunion that I can remember. I was about 10 or 11 years old, and I didn't know most of the people there. Like, a lot of them knew who I was, but I, I didn't know them. And, and so, like, I, I had some kind of blood relation with these people, but outside of that, I had no actual connection with any of them. And, you know, people would come up to me and say, oh, look how big you've gotten, and the whole, like, cheek-pinching thing. Like, I, I, like, I've never understood that, you know, why, why kids get pinched on the cheek by, by elderly aunts and grandmas and, and all this. But the only real connection I had at this family reunion was with my immediate family. That I, I didn't really have any connection outside of that. And for the most part, the, my family reunion, and I, I'm sure some of yours are the same, are, are filled with very uh, superficial conversations talking about the weather, talking about the job, talking about the local sports teams. And, you know, like it, it's just, we're just kind of filling space, but there's no actual deep connection that took place. At least it wasn't for me when, when I got together at, at our family reunion. And the sad reality is, not only does that often take place, just these superficial conversations, all that take place at family reunions, they also take place here at church. And, and churches around the country, but I guarantee you some of those conversations have taken place here this morning where we're, where we're just kind of filling space, we're filling time, but there's, there's a lack of true, genuine connection with other people. And, you know, one of the things that, that I think we all know is that we're all very much creatures of habit. We typically come, on talking church, we typically come to the same service each week. We usually get the same coffee. We park in about the same spot in the parking lot. We, we talk to the same people, and we usually sit in the same spots. Like, standing up here, like, I can tell you, for the most part, where you typically sit on, on a Sunday morning. And God forbid if somebody came in and was sitting in your row and sitting in your seat, and you start getting all irritated, and your feathers get ruffled and all this, and you're thinking... What in, what in the world? Because we get, we get into routines, we get into patterns, because we, we, we're just, that's how we're wired, that's how we typically do things. And, and we like the people that we like, and we talk to the people that we like. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of upend the fruit cart right now, and, and I hope you're still going to love me. So I want everybody, stand up right now, grab your, your purse, your coat, your phone, your, your, uh, your sermon notes, your Bible, grab everything you got, and I want you to go find a different spot by some different people that you don't normally sit by. Take a few seconds. Go do it right now. Go. Come on. <laughs> Not a <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get up 
All right. Well, I I don't think I saw anybody leave in protest. So that, that's I'll take that as I'll take that as a good sign. And I tell you, like this has really goofed me up now because I, like I said, I know where you guys all normally sit, and so now I'm like looking for for people that I normally see, and I'm not so much seeing you anymore. But you know, I, I'll I'll tell you, in a church our size, where we we have we have close to about 400 people that come every single Sunday, and I guarantee you, there's people not just in our church but in this room right now this morning that you don't know that you've never talked to, that you've never engaged with. And, and I'll tell you, like, it's okay to mix things up. It, it's all right to pick a different spot and all that. And, and so what, what I want to kind of, the, the reason I had us do this was I, I want us to all think, like, we need to go out of our way. Sometimes we need to be willing to get uncomfortable so that we can engage with other people, so that true, real, authentic community can take place. And so if, if you're following along with me, you, if you're taking notes or if you're following along on our app, I, w- I want to share the, the first point I want to share with you this morning is this, that God's plan is for the church to be in community with one another. That's God's plan. God's plan, His design, His desire is for His church to be in community with one another. And, and I shared with you last week that in the creation account, the one thing that God said was not good was for man to be alone. And he wasn't talking just about marriage. He wasn't talking just about the relationship between husband and wife. He was saying it's not good for man to be alone, period. We, he, we need one another. We need other people in our lives that we can know, who can know us, that we can be connected to. And this is especially true of our church family. And so what I want to do is I want to take a look at what did the early church do? Like, if, if, if there's any example that I want us to have as Livingstone's church, it's what did the early church do? That, that after Jesus died on the cross, he rose back from the dead, he walked around for 40 days, and he ascended into heaven, and that's when the church was born. And so it, it would do us well to look back and see, what did the early church do? Because if you think about it, they turned the world upside down that these 12 disciples and, and the, the hundreds of other people that Jesus interacted with and taught and connected with, this small group changed the entire world. They changed the world. That, that billions of people have come to know Christ because of what took place with these few people 2,000 years ago. And so what I want to do is I want to take a look at what did they do? What was their model and their example? So I'm going to read, from you, read to you from... Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This is Luke writing, and he said, They devoted themselves, the they, the Jesus' followers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That not only did they come and, and listen and be instructed, but they devoted themselves to fellowship, engaging with one another, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved." 
God's idea from the very beginning was for his kids to be in community with one another, to be doing life together. And if you look at this passage, there's not one hint of this mentality of, oh, I, I come to church for, for an hour and a half on Sunday morning, I do my time, I check it off my list, and then I go about the rest of my life. That, that's, that's not what their experience was at all. Like, they, they were engaged with one another. They gathered together daily in the temple courts and from house to house. That they weren't just an isolated bunch of believers, but they were living this out with one another. And, and, and quite honestly, this flies in the face of a lot of what we experience here in our 20th, 21st century American culture. That, that we text people so we don't need to talk to them. What, right? Like, how many, how many of you ever had that thought, I don't want to take the next 20 minutes on the phone, I'm just going to shoot a text instead. Like, we all do. Like, we, we all do that. We, we, we go to the self-checkout line so we don't have to interact with a cashier. Or, so we don't even have to leave the house, we'll just go on Amazon and we'll order it and have somebody bring it to me. And I'll make sure that I don't answer the door when the Amazon delivery driver comes because I don't want to have to engage with him. He can just leave it on, on my doorstep. You know, there, there's online church services. And, and praise God for it. I'm glad for podcasts and all that. But that should never take the place of us gathering together as a body and worshiping together here. You know, another, just, just an advent over the last couple decades was attached garages. Like that never used to be the case where you could pull in your driveway, pull into your garage, shut your door, and you don't even have to like get out of your house and interact with other people. But now we have those. Like how many, do, like people sitting on their front porches and just stopping over, like there's just not that sense of community that we see and experience much any longer. Or even block parties. Like I don't know, like I remember block parties when I was growing up. And, and you know, we'd put up barricades and the kids would ride their bikes through the street and we had volleyball nets and everybody came out. Well, like how many of your neighbors, and I'm not being ugly with you, but how many of your neighbors do you know? And do you know well? Like, we, we, we live such isolated lives. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, our, Ameri- our American culture is becoming more and more isolated. That we have several hundred Facebook friends, and, and we think, all right, that kind of takes the place of real, actual friends. I, I mean, all of us have, have phones, and, and praise God for it. I'll, like, I'm, I'm grateful for the connectedness that we have. But the more connected we are, the more isolated we actually become. And, and the stats prove, prove this out. Like, there's studies that, that have been done that the more connected that we think we are, like digitally, the more isolated we actually are from one another in, in real life. And God, that, that's not God's plan. That's not God's design for our lives. And it's definitely not His plan for His church. Like, God doesn't want us just to have a relationship with Jesus. He wants us to have a relationship with other Jesus people. And that's, that's our church family. That's why this is so vital and so key. And so what I, I want to kind of isolate those, those last two verses from Acts chapter 2. I want to read verses 46 and 47 to you. And Luke wrote, he said, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They gathered together as one big group, kind of like we're doing here this morning. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. So not only did they come together and, and have one big gathering with, with the whole church body together. But then they went to one, other, one another's homes, and they broke bread together, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And what did God do? This last sentence is, is kind of the, the linchpin right here. When they were engaged in this kind of community with one another, this is what God did. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There was something unique about what they were doing. When they were gathering together as a big group like this, and when they were gathering together in smaller groups, when they were engaging in relationship, engaging in real community with one another, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see in our community. Not, not, to, not to make Living Stones this big, gigantic megachurch. That's not my goal. My goal is I want to see God's church grown and expanded. I want to see God adding to our number daily those who are being saved. I'll tell you, they were growing because they were part of something that they eat, that they all truly needed, which was true, genuine community. And so the, the second point I want to share with you is this. Not only is it God's design, not only is it God's plan for His church to be in community with one another, but you need your church family. You need your church family. You need one another. I need you, the people that, that you got up and moved and sat and by. Like, we need one another. You need your church family. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I mentioned it at the beginning. Even those who are introverted need community. Everyone, every single one of us needs to be part of a community where people know your name, where people care about the issues and the things that are going on in your life and in your world. Where, where, where people can, can come and cheer you on and celebrate you when things are going great, and they can be there to love you and encourage you when the bottom drops out. I'll tell you, we, we all need people in our lives who are going to be there for us, who are going to love us no matter what, who are going to ask us tough questions that, that need to be asked, and, and that's, that's a good thing. Like a, a real friend is somebody who's willing to hold you accountable, who's willing to ask you, the hard things that maybe you don't like being asked. Like, all right, so how, what's going on with you? Like, if things have not seemed right lately, is everything all right? How, how are you really doing? Don't just give me the boilerplate answer. How are you really doing? And I'll tell you, if, if all we're doing, if all we're doing is just surrounding ourselves with superficial relationships, where it's just, we're just kind of talking, we're just, we're not sharing anything real. We're not sharing anything deep with one another. We're never going to grow. We're never going to achieve the full potential that God has for us. Because we need people that we can take the mask off and we can just be real with them instead of pretending. And, and I'll be honest, and it's, it's just reality. Like, it, it's a good thing. No, nobody should come in here and just start laying out every issue that they have to everybody who's got two ears to hear. Like, I, I wouldn't want that. But there, we need, what I want us to do, though, is I, we need to be able to take another step. We need to be able to engage with one another and say, hey, this is what's really going on in my life. This is what I'm really dealing with. And I'm not going to pretend. Like, that, that's, that's what real community does. Real community gives us a place that's safe, that we can just be the real us, where we can let our hair down and we don't have to pretend, and we don't have to act like we, we have it all together because none of us do. And, and I'll tell you, one of, one of my closest friends, his name is Paul. He's on staff at a, at a church in Nebraska. He's one of those people for me. Him and I talk on a regular basis and, and we just have real gut honest conversations. We, we had one actually just this past week. 
he was just sharing some things with me that there's nobody else he would go and talk to about those things. And there's things I share with him. That same thing. We ask one another questions. We hold one another accountable. And we're just real. We're just real with, with, with each other. And I'll tell you, we all need people like that. We all need people that are going to speak the truth in love. We need people who are going to be there for us. Who are going to pray for us and encourage us when everything drops out. Pastor Craig Rochelle said this, and, I, and I've loved this, this phrase. I've held on to this for years. He said, you are the average of your five closest friends. And I had to think about that. I thought, man, I'm the average of my five closest friends. And, and thinking about, all right, who am I close with? Who am I, who am I engaging with? And because we need to be in relationship with people who share our same values, who are moving in the same direction that we're trying to move. And, and so, like, my buddies that I had in college... I keep up with them every once in a while, but I'm not, I had to kind of reevaluate some of those relationships because where I was wanting to go, those weren't healthy relationships to hold on to. And, and I still love them. Well, I'll still talk to them and connect with them, but I'm not going to be close. I'm not going to be intimate with people that aren't going in the same direction that I'm, that I'm going in. And, and so what I want to share with you is that life can basically be boiled down to three different things. It can be boiled down to sorrows, successes and struggles sorrows successes and struggles and none of those things were ever meant to nor should they be endured nor enjoyed alone that when 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 real and authentic community develops we have people that are going to be there on our best days and people that are going to be there on our worst days that they're they're going to be there for you when you fall and when you fail and they're going to love you anyways and they're going to be there to cheer you on when great things happen in your life that they can celebrate with you. And, and, and if all you're doing is, is on a Sunday morning, if, if you just come here and you enjoy worship and, and you grab a cup of coffee and you head out as soon as the last amen is said, you're, I, I want to be honest, you're missing out. Like there's so much more to church than just coming and doing your, your, your duty on a Sunday morning, just coming and sitting and, and prayerfully being encouraged in, in the Lord. There's so much more than, than just that. Pastor Rick Warren said this, and you probably know Rick Warren. He wrote The Purpose Driven Life years and years ago. And he said, when you share a joy, it's doubled. When you share a joy, it's doubled. And when you share a problem, it's cut in half. And his whole point with, with that was, we, you need people that, that can, that can uh, lift you up, that, that you can celebrate, that you can call when things are going really well. But you also need people that you can go there with and call when things are going really bad. I'll, I'll tell you, the devil wants you to feel isolated. That's one of the main tactics that he used. He wants you to feel alone. He wants you to feel like you are the only person that's dealing with this, the only person that's going through this. He wants you to feel isolated. And that's exactly what took place with the story of Elijah. If, if you know the story of Elijah, that he had just had this big battle on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal and and the Queen Jezebel decided she was going to have Elijah killed, and he ran off. He, he went running for his life. And one of the things that Elijah said was, he said, I'm the only one left. All the other prophets are gone. It's just me. Which wasn't a true statement, by the way. He wasn't alone. There were other prophets still around. And not only that, and this is so key, I had not picked this up until Angela pointed it out to me. Not only that, he left his servant. He had a servant there with him. He left his servant behind and went off by himself. 
He was isolating himself in that moment. I'll tell you, Satan wants you to feel alone. He wants you to feel isolated. But when you put yourself out there, when you're willing to engage in community and engage in relationships with other people, you're going to realize you're not alone, that you are going to have people that are there for you when those times come. And so in, in just a couple weeks, we're going to be having signups for our next group semester. And, and what, I want to, what I really want to encourage you, and we're, we'll be talking about this over the next number of weeks, but when, when, that, when that new group directory comes out, I really want to encourage you, find a group. Find a group of people that you can get connected with, that you can really share life with, who are going to care for you, who are going to pray for you, who are going to notice when you're not there. Find a group that, that you can get involved in. And, and not only that, I want, to, I want to challenge everybody in this room. Let's go out of our way to engage in relationship with one another. Like, as soon as the service is done, don't just run and grab your kids and, and head on out of here and go, go find lunch. Like, I, I'd say, take your time. Find people you don't know and just say, hey, I, I, don't, I don't recognize you. How long have you been coming to Living Stones? It's great, great to have you here. Like, or, or just find somebody that you can talk to and engage with. But I, it's, it's so key for, for our church not just to be, all right, we're going to come do, do church on Sunday and take off, but that we really do need to engage and, and create community and have fellowship with one another. Because not only do you need your church family, but my last point is this, that your church family needs you. Your church family needs you. I, I want to share with you from Paul, Paul's uh, letter to the, the church in Rome. And he's talking about this, and, I, and I, I, this just illustrates it so well, and I pray that you capture this. He said in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, he says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, we, we all have a body that's got lots of different parts in it, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Like all of us together, we form one body. Our church is the body of Christ. And each member belongs to all the others. You belong to me. I belong to you. You belong to the person sitting down the row from you. That person that drives you nuts. They belong to you. And you belong to them. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. That, that we're a body. We're a body. And every single one of us has a different part to play. Every single one of us is a different member of this body. And if, like, if, if you're walking around, if, if you don't have a foot... Can you survive? Yeah. You can live. You can, get a, you can get along without a foot. But man, it definitely, your body works a lot better if every part is there. If every part is there and functioning the way it should. Like our church, our church body functions when everybody is here, when everybody is doing their part, when everybody is living out and using the gifts that God has given you. Because I have gifts that you might not have. But you sure have gifts that I don't have. And when we're all working together, that's when the body of Christ truly thrives. That's, that's when the body of Christ really it starts motoring on all, on all cylinders, when the entire body comes together and operates as one.
And, uh, and I'll tell you, you'll never know. Like, th- this is how desperately your church family needs you. You'll never know what your smile on a Sunday morning really meant to somebody. What that hug, that fist bump, you just looking at them, asking, hey, how you doing? How was your week this week? Like, you'll never know what that truly meant to somebody. I, I, I've, I've said this for years, but every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday or somebody's last Sunday. It's, and it's true. Like, we have guests here. Rare is the time when we have a Sunday that goes by and we don't have a first-time guest here. It's just rare. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. And they might just be trying this whole God thing out. Just feeling like, you know what? I, I don't know where else to turn. I, I just want, I'm, I'm going to check out this church. I'm going to see what's going on. See, is there anything to this whole Jesus stuff? And your, your smile, your handshake, your greeting, your, hey, you know what? I, I don't recognize you. Hey, t- tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me your story. Like, you have no idea how valuable that is to somebody. That that might be the thing that they needed that said, wow, you know what? This place cares for me. This is a group of people that are real, that are authentic, that are genuine. And they're going to dive in. Like, you, you never know what your one interaction with somebody might be. Because every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. But every Sunday is also somebody's last Sunday as well. There, there's, there's people that are coming saying, all right, I'm going to give this church thing one last shot. Because does anybody even recognize? Does anybody even notice that I'm here? And if I weren't here, would anybody even bother to call? Would, I, would anybody even, even notice me? And I'll tell you, if you're willing to get uncomfortable, and yet that smile, that handshake, that, that greeting... That might have been the thing that they needed to keep going and say, wow, somebody does notice. Somebody does care. Somebody does value me. Your church family needs you. Your church family needs you. We had lunch a, a couple weeks ago with, with a family in, in the church here. And they, they said, you know, they've been coming for a while. And, and we had a great time. We, we had a, it was a fun lunch. We got, we got together. Our kids played with their kids and stuff. And they shared something with me that if I'm honest with you, kind of broke my heart a little bit. And they said, like, in, all, in the years that they've been here, nobody's ever invited them to lunch before. Nobody's ever said, hey, will you, will you come on over to our house? Hey, let's, let's go grab lunch together after church today. Hey, let, let's get to know one another a little bit more. And man, like, it, it bothered me. And, and I, I'm not saying this, I'm not trying to be ugly, I'm not trying to come down on anybody, but that should never be. Like, it, it should never be that we have family members, church family members that are here and nobody's ever gone out of their way to try to connect with them. Nobody's ever gone out of their way to, to invite them and say, hey, come over to my house. Let, let's, go, let's go grab lunch together. I, I'm, I'm telling you, if we're going to take our next step as a church, if we're going to grow as a church body, that's something we got to change. I, it, it's, I, I've already issued this challenge to, to our staff and also to our elders. And, and I want to issue the same challenge to you is I want you to be looking. Ask God, God, who's somebody that I can try to invest in? Who's somebody that you want me to try to connect with? And go out of your way and just say, hey, you know what? I, I lo- I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Let's go grab lunch today after church. And, and that could be today. That can be two weeks from now. It could be a month from now. But I, I really want to challenge everybody here. Let's go looking for people that we can get connected to. Especially, especially the people, if you walk in here on a Sunday morning and you see people sitting by themselves, man, I'm telling you, go out of your way. Talk to them, introduce yourself, 
Ask them about their story because it's such a, it's such a key thing that we need to, we need to create that sense of community amongst one another here. I'll tell you, we have the perfect opportunity for that, in fact, this very week. If you, if you want to get to know some of your church family a little bit better, we're having our family night on Tuesday night. And, and don't, let, don't let the family night, that, that title, throw you. It's not just for families. It's not just for people with kids. It's for our church family. And so I, I, I want to say, if you want to get to know one another at our church, you want to get to know some, some new people, come on out on Tuesday night, 6.30. We're going to have a blast. When we did it in, in November, it was so much fun. And we, got, we have some, some games, some fun things planned. It's going to be a great time. Hop on, hop on the app. Let us know you're coming. Write it on the back of, of your connection card. Drop it, uh, drop it off on your way out today. But come on out. Be, be a part of our family night. It's a great way to connect with other living stoners here. And then let me just kind of say one final thing, just referencing groups again. That there, I, I, I want to just kind of say this. There's some of you in this room right now sitting here today that not only can be, but you should be leading a group. You, you should be leading a group of, of some kind. Th- this past semester, we had a ton of people that wanted to be involved and get involved in groups. Denise Neal, she comes to first service. She had 21 ladies come, come to her women's group. Like 21, like that's not a small group, that's a small church. Like... But this was, there were 21, and I'm just using her as an example. There were 21 women that said, hey, I want to be involved in community. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to get to know other people. What an awesome problem to have. And I'll tell you, we need some more group leaders. We need some people who are willing to help other people connect on, on, their, on their journey, on their walk with God. And, and I'll tell you, there, there's some of you in the room, I'm just challenging you right now, that let this be the semester that you take that step of faith and you be willing to, to lead a group. And you don't need a seminary degree. You, you don't need to you know, have all of your Bible doctrine figured out or, or any of that. You don't need to be a Bible scholar. Like if you love Jesus and you love people, you can lead a group. I, like I can, I can help you. I can give you resources. I can help you in leading a group. I can even help you with ideas of what your group could be about. But if you love Jesus and you love people, you can lead a group. And, and, and I'll tell you, if we're going to create some real, authentic, genuine community here, we are going to need some more people to step up and be willing to, to lead a group in, in a couple weeks when we start that. And so what I want you to do right now, if, if, if I'm speaking to you this morning, at all about that. If, if you're saying, man, I've thought about leading a group in the past, I've not been sure about it, or maybe just something I said just kind of sparked something in you, I want you to pull out your phone right now, go onto our app, and send us a message. Just say, hey, I'm interested in leading a group. Or, or send me an email. You can, you can pull out your phone, you can email me right now, pat at livingstones.cc, and just say, hey, I'd love to talk to you about leading a group. I, I would love to have that conversation with you. Because we need to help our church get better connected. Our, our church needs one another. Our church needs us. And so I, I, I want to just kind of close out with this. I'll invite our worship team to come forward right now. That, that I'm standing before you right now because someone at our church 17 years ago went out of their way to try to connect with me. That, that's, that's the reason I'm here. That, that my wife and I, Angela, we, we were... We were looking for a new church. 
and we didn't we didn't know where to go. We didn't know what it was going to be about and all this. And so we, we walked into Evangel Assembly in Milwaukee, and we didn't know anybody. And we went for a couple weeks, and we thought, eh, I'm not so sure. You know, the preaching's okay. The worship's all right and, and all this. And, and out of nowhere, we had somebody come up to us, a complete stranger walk up to me. And he said, hey, I'm starting, we're starting a young couple's small group in a couple weeks. Would you love to come? Would you, would you, be, would you be a part of it? And my really good friend that I was telling you about, Paul, that's on staff at a church in Nebraska, it was him. He was the one. He, we, like we, he didn't know me from a hole in the wall. And he just came up to me and said, hey, come be in community with us. C- come hang out with us. Let, let's grow together. And, and I'll tell you, that one invitation, number one, kept us at the church. Like we kept going to evangel. It started a friendship that to this day, outside of my wife, he's, he's my closest friend that I have. Because he walked up to a total stranger and said, hey, come be in community with me. Come join me. Let, let's be in fellowship together. And, and that, that one invitation kept us at Evangel. And, it, and that, then in turn, I got connected with the worship pastor at our church, who then planted New Song Church down in Plymouth a number of years ago and invited me to come down there and be on staff with him. And none of those connections, none of that would have happened. I wouldn't be standing here today had Paul, 17 years ago, not just re- come up to a total stranger and said, hey, come do this with me. Come, come be a part of this with me. I'll, I'll tell you, you'll never know what your small interaction that you have with somebody on a Sunday morning, what the eternal impact of that is going to be. Like we, we, we see just a small snippet. God sees the whole big view. And, we, and you won't see most, most likely not, not in the moment. Like 17 years ago, there's no way Paul would have foreseen him being, like we were both teachers, him being on staff at a church, me leading a church up here in South Bend, being close friends like we are today from that one invitation, that one conversation that we had. I'll tell you, it's vital if we're going to grow in community, we got to be willing to get uncomfortable a little bit. we got to be willing to go out of our way to connect with people, especially people we might not know. And so the, I want to kind of close with this. My final verse for you today is from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And the writer of Hebrews says this. He said, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That we're going to encourage one another in love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And what, what the writer of Hebrews is saying, he, he said, like it, it's easy to get out of the habit of connecting with one another. It's easy to get out of the habit of coming to church. It's easy to get out of the habit of, of going to a group and engaging in community with one another. But he said, let's encourage one another. Let's help one another, especially as the day approaches, especially as, as our time grows shorter here on that earth. We, we need one another. You need your church family, and your church family needs you. So let's be willing to get uncomfortable. Let's build some real, genuine, authentic community here at Livingstone's Church. So if you would, would you just stand for me right now? I just want to pray over all of us as we get ready to close out our time here this morning. Father, I, I, I thank you, Lord, so much. God, as I, as I said earlier today, that, that you made a way for us to be in relationship with you. God, you, you didn't ask us just to, just to engage 
with you and, and not with anybody else. But God, that you've put a, a, a burden, you've put a passion inside of us for one another. That no matter how connected we might feel that we are, We need other people. We need to be able to, to sit across a table from someone and just be real and just be honest. Lord, I, I, I pray for, for our church. I pray for Livingstone's church that you're going to help just, just give us that, that burden for community. God, that we would go out of our way, that we would be willing to get uncomfortable. We would be willing to maybe do some things that we've not done before. We'd be willing to walk up to some people that maybe we don't know and put ourselves out there because we want to see real community happen. So Lord, I, I just pray that you give us a boldness. Every single one of us here, give us a boldness to, to come out of our shells a little bit. And God, that the true, genuine relationships are going to grow, they're going to form, where we can just be honest, where we can be real because this life is tough life is tough and we need one another so Father I, I just pray that that would just be just a part of the DNA of who we are as a church uh, that we would be a church that's connected, we would be a church that's growing Father that, that you would be adding to our number daily those who are being saved because we're engaging in community with one another Lord we love you God we thank you so much for what you're doing in Jesus name, Amen